Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. Write this down. Write this down right out the gate. I want to get started. Making small changes every day will reap big results over a lifetime. How many of you are witnesses to that? That, that you've made some small, just some small incremental changes. You can make some incremental changes in the way you view finances. And, uh, and over the course of, of time, you know, you have a little bit built up. And, and I've always shared with you that, uh, you know, you should at least keep some cash on hand. You don't have to save a whole lot of stuff. I, I've, I've uh, encouraged you to go get a fireproof safe that you can keep in your house so that you can, you can store some cash and, um, you know, even your important documents so that you can get to them uh, whenever you need to get to them. You never know what can happen. You never know what can take place. You never know when the banks will begin to shut down the ATMs and you can't get to your money but you got a little cash at the house. You don't have to store away a whole lot of money, but if you do $5 every two weeks, you can store up something. Amen? And so you do these little incremental changes, as it is with finances, so it is with our lives, that we can make these small changes. Dieting does not work because you, the diet, I've never known a diet to work. You're going to have to change your lifestyle. Little changes, big results. The biggest thing you can change about your diet is change what you eat, how you eat, when you eat. Get rid of all of that sweet stuff and drink you some water. Amen? So making those small changes will help you develop some big results. Here's the scripture that I started off with last Sunday. I said, this is in, we all know this scripture. We all know that this is from the prayer that we learned when we were kids, right over in Matthew chapter 6. It says, uh, I'm not going to say the whole prayer, but this is the one thing that I want to pull out of that one prayer because I I, I truly believe that if I unpack this correctly, we will have a good understanding of what kingdom is and the church. So it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, saints, I don't think we understand um, the, the profundity of this scripture because we don't understand that when we prayed this prayer as kids, what we were saying is everything that's in heaven, we want it in our earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not just on earth, but in this earthen vessel. Amen. So in other words, you can operate in heaven's authority, but here on this earth. Amen. Everybody's seeing this with me. And so this, this is what we got to understand and, and adjust how we see things. In order for us to operate in a heavenly environment on earth, we must allow God's kingdom to encroach our lives in order for us to adjust to the core, to adjust the core of our being and allow the word of God to transform our minds to be the mind of Christ. Let me give you a scripture for this, Romans Chapter 12, verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed. Do not conform the way you think, the way you act, the way you talk. Don't be conformed. Don't be complicit to what the world is doing. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds. Come on, somebody. That means that we need to make some small changes in the way we think. Small changes develop big results. But be ye transformed. This the Greek word metamorphosis is the Greek word where we get the English word metamorphosis, which means to change. So listen, saints of God, a lot of times when we get saved, we feel like we got to make these huge drastic changes. And sometimes when you get saved, there is such a, a deliverance that takes place in your life. And it is a big change. But with some other things, it may be a process. It, it, God sometimes peels us back like an onion. So, so, and we submit to him in different areas in our lives and allow him to make those small adjustments so that we, as we go along in our walk with God, we learn how to be sons and daughters. Hello, somebody. And so, so this is what Apostle Paul is saying is work out our salvation. He never said work for it, but you can't work for your salvation. This is not by works. This is by faith. Amen. You can't work for your salvation. You work it out by continually allowing the word of God to adjust our minds. It all begins right here in our mind. The, 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 the decisions, the wills, the want tos, our passions are right here in our minds. How do you view things? What filter do you use? Because as a Christian, you need to use the filter of the word of God rather than the filter of your experiences. Because if you use the filter of your experiences, you'll think you know everything when you know nothing. But when you read the word of God, you really discover just how much you don't know. 
And that's what I've always discovered. The more and more I study the word of God, the more and more I understand I don't have a clue. I thought I knew how to pass. I have no idea what I'm doing. Because every day God is showing me new stuff. He's changing me, rearranging some things, edifying me in different ways, making sure I don't have any deceit in my heart, making sure that I keep a pure heart, making sure I walk in integrity and character. And that takes an everyday effort, saints of God. This is not something that comes quick. It is not easy, but it will be worth it. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Now, listen, um, although the church and kingdom are associated, they're not synonymous. The church and kingdom are associated, but they're not synonymous. See, the church, and I, I I think I gave you guys this last Sunday. Let me see if I have it. Yeah, I do have it. Last Sunday, I gave you this statement, and I'm going to unpack it a little bit. I said the church represents the people of God. The kingdom represents the God and the people. And, and I, I've heard a lot of great teachings on the kingdom of God, and I think it's necessary that we understand what the kingdom of God is because Jesus talked about the kingdom of God a lot in the Gospels. Uh, but also he mentioned the church a lot as well. Over one, it's 115 times the word church is mentioned in the New Testament. So here's, here's what uh, I, I want to teach you today, that we don't, we don't just focus on the kingdom and throw the church out because you need both. Because the church represents the people, the kingdom represents the power. You, what, where would God put the power if he didn't have the people? Because the people has one head, that's Jesus Christ, because we're the body. But the kingdom has one king, he's the king of kings. Hello, somebody. So what I endeavor to do today is to teach you that, bless you. Boy, that must have been a good word I had. And so that what I endeavor to do today is to teach you that the church is vitally important, but the church might not be operating in the power that God wants to give it. See, we've got to shift. We've got to make a mindset shift. We've got to change because a lot of times people think that the people that are doing all the preaching got the power. I'm telling you right now, beloved, that is not what God is teaching us. The power is in the Christian. I'm going to take my glasses off so I can see. The power is in you. Put your hand on your heart and say, the power is in me. See, that's why we got to make this adjustment because a lot of times people put so much emphasis on the person behind the podium when you need to understand how powerful you are. See, if I can help you understand that, that not only does God want to bless the pastors and the preachers and the deacons and the elders and the apostles and the bishops and all them other titles, but he also wants to bless you. Hello, somebody. And that we can't operate in anything you can't operate in. The same anointing, the same God that is in me is in you. You can operate on the same level as I do. It's just that I have a different position than what you have. And that's okay because my position doesn't, put, doesn't elevate me to be above anybody. Now, I disagree with pastors who try to put themselves up there because, you know, be careful how you stand. That fall can be very, very difficult and very, very hard. That's why I, I let you know I'm on the same level as you. I just have a different assignment at this time. Hello, somebody. But, but God, God does not view my life and what I do in preaching the word on Sundays any greater than you talking to someone one-on-one. Any greater than you talking with a niece or a nephew and saying, hey, listen, you need to, you need to tighten your little self up. You're, gonna, you're going down the wrong road right now. You know, that God views that as ministry. Somebody say ministry. My ministry and your ministry don't have to be the same because if it was, then we'd, somebody's not doing something right. He, he calls us to do different things. He calls us to different areas. He calls us to different people. He calls us uh, in different ways so that we can minister to the masses of people because I can't reach people you can reach. Hello, somebody. And God uses your experiences. He uses your personality. You don't have to change for anybody. Be who you are. I love that song. I know who I am. And when you know who you are, then you want to allow people to change you. The church represents the people of God. The kingdom represents the God in the people. In other words, the church is the earthly representation of the heavenly reality of the kingdom. And listen, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is God's desire and purpose for you. This is, this is I'm, now I'm getting ready to give you some word because the scripture is what edifies us. And uh, so check out this scripture right here. It says, do not be afraid. How many of you, just by, by just be honest, how many of you have been a little fearful late, of late? Just a little fearful? Just something just, ugh. You know, you're not, you don't even realize where it's coming from. 
right? But all of a sudden, it's not like you just, ooh, just petrified. It's just you, you know what it is, right? You, you, you sense it, right? But listen, let me encourage you with the word of God. This is from Jesus. He says, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So in other words, the kingdom is already yours. In other words, he says, I'm pleased to give you the kingdom. That is his purpose. He wants you to operate in kingdom. You need to understand that as a church, we have one head. That's Jesus Christ. But we operate in kingdom power as the church. That's why we are having more miracles to break out in this church. That's why people are getting healed. That's why people are getting delivered. That's why you see things taking place. Even though we might have some opportunities out there that God is beginning to reassign us in some areas, but we know that we're blessed. Regardless of the situation, we know on the outside, we know on the inside, God got our back. Come on, somebody. He's with me. Somebody say, he's with me. See, it pleases him to give us the kingdom of God. Jesus has given the body of Christ a mechanism to access the kingdom environment. He's given us a mechanism. But in order to access a door, you got to have a key. Let me ask you something. Have you ever, um, I know I do this a lot because I have so many keys. Have you ever found a key? You know, you're just rummaging through a drawer and you find a key. There's nothing on it to tell you what it is. And you got this key and you think, hmm, I wonder what this key is for. Right? Keys unlock things. And you have a key. You just don't know what lock fits that key. So in other words, you can unlock something, you just don't know what. So a key is not functional unless you know what you need to unlock. (laughs) Everybody here with me? Okay. So now, this very well could be why so many believers struggle so much. They have a bunch of keys call the scripture <laughs> but they just don't know what lock to put the key in so that they can access the power that's what we're going to talk about today somebody say I got a key, I got a key. now I'm going to learn what to unlock alright alright y'all ready you sure I, I know this might not, might not be exciting but it's, it's going to be effective because, because once you learn how to unlock the right door, then you will have access to whatever you need. Because everything you need is in the kingdom. Hello, somebody. So what are, oh, ooh, before I move on, check this out. Put this one out on Facebook. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Now you got to ask yourself, well, what, 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 what are those secrets? We've been reading the same scriptures, and we know what they are. Now, to understand this, we must first understand how do we enter the kingdom? Because the stuff that I'm preaching that's going to be going forward, if you're not saved, none of that belongs to you. So just hold on. You can get saved after service if you're not. However, what I'm about to talk about after this, is only for believers. You must be in the kingdom of God first before you can access what's in the kingdom. Amen. You must be in the kingdom. So you say, well, how, how to get in the kingdom? It, 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 well, hold on first. Knowledge is insufficient if you have not mastered how to use it. So, so this, this is why I wanted to... St- Teach this message slowly so that you can understand that we might have some knowledge, but if we we are insufficient in how to use it, then we might not be accessing everything that God has for us. (laughs) Uh, How do we get in the kingdom? It's in John 3, 3. It's always been there. Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the question is, how do you get into the kingdom? It's very simple. You must be born again. 
What is born again? Does that mean you say a little prayer and you keep going out and sinning, then you come back and say a little prayer and you go out and keep sinning? That is not what born again is. Born again means you must have a conversion about your life that you really, really want to change. Uh, regret is not repentance. You can regret that you got caught, <laughs> but repentance is not a 360-degree change. 360 degrees, you back where you started. Repentance is 180 degrees and then walking in a different direction, which means you might not break away from everything that you were in before you got saved, but you should be breaking away from some of that stuff, right? Now you have been empowered to get rid of some of that stuff. And notice I said you got to get rid of it because God is not going to be taking away everything from your life. There are some things you're going to have to pull away. Amen? I gave you the scripture with Apostle Paul. He said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child, and I spake as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Paul is saying here, saints of God, that God is not going to take away what we should be putting away. And if we don't put away childish things, there's no way we're going to grow up. Amen? So first, in order to get into the kingdom, in order to access the kingdom, we must be born again. Now, I want all of us to turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Somebody say keys. keys. Mm-hmm. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. Again, the, the, what I'm reading to you guys is scriptures that you, you have read time and time and time again. So I am not giving you any new revelation. What I am doing is affirming what you already know. Hello, somebody. So Acts chapter, I mean, Matthew chapter 16, verse 19 is where I want to read. And I'm going to read, um, no, let me go back. Oh, Lord. Let me start at verse 13. I think I need to read a big gulp of this so that we can get the full essence of what it's saying here. Are you there? So Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So listen, it is important that you know who Jesus is. And you will not know who you are if you don't know who he is, because he's the one who created you and given you a divine destiny. He's given you, he predetermined what you were going to do in your life. And if you don't tap into him, you really won't know what your destiny is. Now, 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 there is a way that seems right unto a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. You might be going down a path that seems right, but it may not be right. And the only way to tap into the path that God has for you, you got to tap into Jesus. He's your divine creator. He created every one of us with a purpose, and you got to tap into him to know what it is. He said, whom do they say that I am? So they said, the disciples said, some say John Baptist, which was probably one of the dumbest things they could have said, because how, how in the world could he be John Baptist when John Baptist baptized Jesus? Okay, so then some said Elijah, and others said Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? You, you are the one that's been close to me. You, you're the one that's, that's seen me do the miraculous. You're the one that have, have been with me all of this time. But who do you say that I am? Saints of God, uh, it, it's, to me, it's, it's not relevant who the world says Jesus is. I want you to know who he is. Because if you don't know who he is, you can't show the world who he is. The world is always going to deny him. That's what the world does. But if you are in the church and you don't know who God is, then we got a problem. Right? And then I got to ask, well, what in the world are you, are you being fed? All right, let's keep reading then. Y'all got a mm-hmm and an amen. Okay. 16, Simon Peter finally gets one right. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon, poor Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And check this out. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, here's verse 19. Check this out. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I wish I had time to preach on binding and loosing, but I don't, I don't have that kind of time today. I'm actually on a different assignment. So first of all, Notice one thing there in the verse. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. It didn't say, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Did you, what does your Bible say? 
It says of. It says, I will give you the kings of the kingdom, not the keys to the kingdom. Why? You already in it. You, you're already in the kingdom, so you don't need king, keys to the kingdom because you're in the kingdom. Yeah. Hello, somebody. What you need keys to now is the power that God has for you. Hello, somebody. I already told you you're already in there. John 3, 3 said, unless one is born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. So since you're already saved, you're already in the kingdom. That's why it says I give you the keys of the kingdom, not the keys to the kingdom. Now, that binding and loosening thing, I wish I had time to talk about that because I believe we have some needless casualties of war because they don't know what binding and loosening is. See, Jesus is amazing when he teaches. You see, the disciples had already seen Jesus walk on water. They had already seen Jesus walk up to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. They had already seen Jesus just mess up a funeral procession in the city of Nain and touch the coffin and the boy stood up and he was resurrected. <laughs> Hello, somebody. They had already seen Jesus walk in the land of the Gadarenes and threw demons into a pig and pigs and the pigs went over the cliff. They had already seen Jesus in the synagogue and a man with a withered hand. He said, stretch forth your hand and, and he stretched it forth. They had already seen Jesus in the house of Jairus when he said, Talitha Kumai, I say unto you, damsel, arise. And the 12 year old girl rose up. They had already seen Jesus go in and heal Peter's mother-in-law when she had a fever. They had seen Jesus walk on water and calm the raging seas. And I truly believe, saints of God, to Jesus, these were not miracles. They're miracles to us because we were like, wow. But to Jesus, he said, oh, no, I'm just walking in the kingdom. And he said, listen, and that which you see me do, you can do also. So in other words, he's saying miracles should be happening because you got the keys. Am I helping somebody in here today? And so he, 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 here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Look at this. Write this down. Jesus used the right keys in the right situation to connect kingdom power to earthly deficiencies. If you need money, that's an earthly deficiency. You can connect with the right key. You can connect heaven's prosperity with your deficiencies. If you just know how to access the right door. Are you in the kingdom? All right. So then now, now I know, I know, I, I might know why you're quiet. Because now the responsibility of your blessing don't depend on the pastor. <laughs> well, the pastor ain't teaching what I like. Well, I don't care. Go access what's yours. All I can do is teach you how to get there. My old, my old man always said, you know, you can, you can take, a water, take a horse to the water, but, you know, my daddy liked to cuss, so he ain't never used just, he said other words. But y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Listen, use the right key in the right situation, and you're going to get kingdom power. Listen, I, all I can tell you is I have experienced this personally in my life. Right. That's all I can tell you. All I can tell you is in prayer, God told me what to do. He gave me a key. Now, what you do with the key is up to you. But listen, this is not what God is going to do. Let me help somebody out. God is not going to put the key in your hand and grab your hand and make you stick the key in the door. That's up to you to do. And I'm going to give you some scripture references so that we can clarify. I don't know there. Every two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So I'm going to give you five key principles of the keys. So listen, Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all that I get and get what? Get an understanding. So I want you not only to have the knowledge, I want you to learn how to apply the knowledge that you have. 
right? So if you learn how to apply the knowledge that you have and you understand what Jesus was talking about with binding and loosing, I know a lot of people, you know, they, they think that that binding and loosing is all about what we should be doing in prayer. That, that is not what that binding and loosing is about. Binding and loosing is about connecting the kingdom with you. He's trying to teach you what you can and cannot do. Right? And so I know a lot of people use that. Oh, I bind the devil. Listen, don't, don't, don't say that anymore. Okay, let me just give you a little quick teaching. When you bind something, you're binding it to you. Oh, I bind the devil. He's right there. That's why he won't leave. (laughs) How many times have you heard Jesus in the gospel? Who's ever read all four gospels? By show of hands, all four gospels. Okay, if you haven't read all four gospels, endeavor to do that by the end of the year. It will really bless you. Listen, I didn't say study it. Just read it through. Just read it through. That's all. If you read through the four Gospels, you will notice something. Jesus never said to bind the devil. Not once did he say, I bind you, devil. Not once. And if Jesus didn't say it, why are we saying it? But let me tell you what I do hear Jesus saying. He said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmities. So either we're wrong in the teaching or we're wrong in understanding the scriptures. When you bind something, you're keeping it with you. When you loose it, you loosen it from you. Let me see if I can explain it better. If it's in heaven and you want to bind what's in heaven. So in other words, I want to bind prosperity to me, but I want to loose lack from me. Because there's no lack in heaven, therefore I don't want any lack in my earth. Come on, somebody. Now, I know, I know this might cut against the grain because you might have been binding stuff. Stop binding it. And I know you heard that preacher on TV. I don't care if he spent $2,500 for his suit. He still might not be doctrinally correct. And I'm trying to help you because we got what, what I call needless casualties of war. You're killing yourself because you don't have enough knowledge to understand how to operate in the keys. And I just want to teach you so that you can be free in the scriptures and operate in what Jesus Christ is teaching rather than what some denomination is teaching. Is that all right? Can I do that? All right. I I got I got a whole teaching on that binding and loosening stuff. But I just I just felt y'all asking that question. So I had to go back. And, and do that. So wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, but in all thy getting, getting understanding. So I want to give you five key principles of the kingdom keys. Can I do that? Yeah. All right. Here's the first one. Here's the first one. Keys represents authority. Keys represents authority. In Luke chapter 11, verse 20, it says, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So this is speaking of authority. So let me give you a definition here. Um, uh, Authorization, the word authorization. It means to be given the authority to act in the name or in the stead of whoever gave the authority. Did you hear that? So let me say it one more time. It means to be given authority to act in the name or in the stead of whoever gave you the authority. Um, I, I have a lawyer in the house, so I think I'm correct in this. Oh, yeah, you're going to pass that bar. I ain't even worried about it. And so, 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 so listen, we're speaking those things, right? Amen. <laughs> that what God is doing, not me, but God is going to speak it, right? And so, so, listen, check this out. So, I think it's called power of attorney. Ooh, hallelujah. Which means, saints of God, that when you have power of attorney like we have over my dad's estate. So, when, when daddy died... We had power of attorney over his whole estate. We got the house. We got everything. So whatever is going to take place with his estate, we have authority over. Nobody can come in and say, no, you, you, can't, you can't put anybody in that house. That's not your house. No, no, I got power of attorney, which means we act on behalf of daddy's name. Is that all right? Oh, man, I didn't write the scripture up here for you, so we're going to have to do some work. (laughs) Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 16. So let's do some work. Let's put some work in. That's all right. Y'all want to put some work in? 
Amen. So let's act like we're here at Bible class on Wednesday nights. So let's put some work in. Let's go to Mark chapter 16 because I've been teaching on being filled with the Holy Ghost on Wednesday nights. And this is one of my favorite scriptures uh, that, to teach you about the Holy Ghost. So go to Mark chapter 16, verse 17. I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn there. And it says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. So in other words, Jesus is saying, saints, I'm giving you power of attorney to use my name. Now, you can't use his name until there's the death of the testator. So when there's a death is when the will is active. Because daddy wrote his will, but the will wasn't active until he passed over into glory. Hello, somebody. And so Jesus says, I'm going to give you my name. You can use my name because when I'm gone, I give you the keys. He said, use my name. Check this out. Is this red in your Bible? It's red in mine. He said, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. You shall cast out devils. You can't do that unless you're supernatural. You got to have some kingdom power if you're going to cast out devils. If you don't have it, I, trust me, you're going to know if you got the power or not. If you try to just walk up on a demon and think you got some power, that devil's going to tell you what you got. Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you? He said you can cast out demons. You will speak with new tongues. That's, that's speaking in your heavenly language right there. That's being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue. He said, and they will take up serpents. They will drink anything deadly. It will not harm them or hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And look at what it says. And they shall recover. Somebody said keys. See, keys unlocks the authority of God. He says, all you have to do to access this authority is use my name. That's the key. He said, listen, you want to unlock some authority? Use my name. You want to see demons run? My name. Mm -hmm. You want healing to take place? Oh, yeah, that's my name. Wait a minute. Something has been attacking your finances? Yep, my name. Yep, use my name. Unlock something. Use my name. Unlock the potential that you have. Right? Now, you might have to put some work in. You You might have to plead the blood of Jesus. You might have to pray for three hours. But so what? You got the key. Am I helping somebody? Now listen, I'm not talking about something I studied in another book. I'm talking about my life. There are some things in my life that I need access to. I had to spend an exorbitant amount of time in prayer to get there. It didn't come quick, and it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. Sometimes you're going to have to fast. Sometimes you're going to have to get consecrated. Hello, somebody. Why? Because maybe God is trying to do that adjustment in you so that he can properly align you for your assignment and you wouldn't have been prepared without that extended time of consecration. Because if you're not prepared, then why would you be promoted? Somebody say, I got some keys. I'm telling you, you got some keys, saints of God. All you got to do is unlock it. Don't let, don't, listen. And, and, and stop talking about what the devil is doing. Who, who cares? The devil is doing what he does. He's not changed. He hasn't changed since Genesis. He's got the same old tired, weak sin. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Every sin is in those three. The, 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 Paul said there's no new devices. <laughs> there's nothing new. He's doing the same old tired stuff he did in Genesis. He's doing what he does. Stop hyping him up and hype up the name. Hello, somebody. See, God says, I have not only given Jesus a position right by me, the right hand, but I've given him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That's angels. Man and demons shall bow down at the name of Jesus. Somebody said, put his name on it. (laughs) I know they say, God's got a blessing with my name on it, but I want a blessing with Jesus' name on it. 
Because <laughs> that, with that blessing right there, boy, I can do anything, go anywhere. Why? Because you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Amen? Somebody said, put his name on it. See, the keys to your house give you authority over your house, right? Whether you got the keys to your car, that's your car. You have authority. Somebody's sitting on your car, you go, get off of my car. Well, how do you, well, 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 I don't know that. I got the keys. I can start this baby, right? I can go place. It's my car. I have authority. You have authority over what you have the keys to. See, you, you, saints of God, let me tell you something. You have authority over sickness because you got the keys to healing. Let me say that one more time. Let me say it one more time. I just want you to get this. You have access to the authority. You can use his name. So let me, let me just say this. Is cancer above or below the name of Jesus? What about diabetes? Lupus? Heart disease? Fibromyalgia? Take the key. Unlock his name. Put his name above what you're going through. You have the authority. Now, now, is it going to be instant? Might not. It instantly happens in heaven, but it may not instantly show itself on the earth. Here's what we do, though. We stop. We stop believing. Well, Lord, it didn't happen overnight. I prayed, and you said I can pray, and, and I fasted, and... And, Lord, you, you said in your word, God, that I can pray and I can believe God. And I'm, and I'm crying and I got snot all around the house. And, and you said that it was going to happen. And I prayed and it didn't happen. I don't want to pray anymore. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> I'm talking about you, Erica. <laughs> and the whole time, God is saying, I got you. But listen, at some point, God is saying, okay, I see you praying about the situation, but I, I got the situation handled. All I want to know is when you're going to love on me. Okay, let, I, we'll, we'll, okay, listen. So, thank you, Lord, I got it. So, let's just say your children, right? We all want good things for our children. We, we bless our children. I will go out, out of my way. I'll work, I, I don't care. I'll work three or four jobs to make sure that my family is, is taken care of. I've worked all kinds of, I've worked jobs. You won't even think about what kind of I have worked a job. I don't know anything about a car. I worked at AutoZone. I ain't know nothing about no car. <laughs> Them folks were coming in, man, I, I knew this particular thing because it's connected to that and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's great. I ain't lying. I didn't know what I was doing, but I needed some money. Somebody say money. money. Man, I'm telling you, I, I didn't care. I, I, see, it's no pride in me when it comes to taking care of my family. I'll flip burgers. I'll, I'll, I'll be the best French fried rascal. <laughs> and there ain't no problem with me. If I got to take care of my family, come on, Sam, you know what I'm saying? I don't care what kind of If I got to get money in the house, I'm going to go to work. Right? Why? Because I don't, I, I've been in want before as a child. I don't want my kids to be in want. I want to make sure my children are taken care of. Amen? Now listen, now listen. Our kids are going to want more stuff no matter how much stuff we give them. Hello, somebody. I don't care how much stuff you give them, they're going to want more stuff. They're, 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 they're little sinners. They're little sinners. They're little sinners. They're born in sin. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You were born in sin too. We're all born in sin, so they're little sinners. They, they, they like stuff. They like stuff. Even, man, come on. Even as a child, as a baby, you got to teach a baby to open their hands because they're little, they little selfish things. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You said, no, baby, open your hand. No. Give me that. No. That, why is that one word you don't ever have to teach a child? No. I ain't teach you that. Why? Because you're a little sinner. A little selfish thing. And so, so listen, I want to give good things to my kids, but sometimes when my children ask for something, I'm looking for obedience. See, because I had already given some instructions to my child, this is what you need to do. You need to clean your room. You need to clean your bathroom. I'm going to come in and inspect. Make sure your bed is made up. I've got some things that I have instructed you to do. If you do the things that I have instructed you to do, then my blessings are open to you. But don't come keep asking me for stuff if you haven't done what I told you to do in the first place. 
Now, I'm preaching to myself right now because God is telling me, John, I told you to clean up your life. And once you do what I told you to do, then you have access to the kingdom. Come on, somebody. See, while you're down there crying, God might be trying to show you something, some of that deceit that might be in your heart, some of that pride and arrogance that might be in there. And he said, no, I want to take that out. No, God, I just want you to bless me. No, I need, no. (laughs) Somebody say keys. You have the keys to the kingdom, so take authority and unlock what you need. You have his name. I ain't going to get to all of them today. We'll finish up next week. I'm going to give you one more. Hello, somebody. (laughs) Sister Diane said, "Uh." (laughs) uh. It's like a shouter, man. It's like, "Mm." (laughs) I I can't rush this one. I got to give it. I got to get it all to you, right? I can't rush it. So I'm going to give you one more. Y'all ready for one more? All right, let me give you one more. We'll do the other three next Sunday. Amen. That's why I stopped preaching sermons. I don't preach sermons. I give you messages. And however long it takes to preach this message, that's how long it takes. Amen? Amen. Keys represents access. Keys represents access. Keys to the kingdom immediately give you access to heaven's resources. Um, in 2 Kings chapter 6, um, I'm going to have to paraphrase this because it's, 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 it's a lot. There, there is, in 2 Kings chapter 6, there's a story uh, about Elisha and his, his servant. Um, there was an army surrounding them. and he, They were in the valley, just two, them, him and his servant. And there was an army, enemy army, surrounding them. And he was not nervous. The, the man of God was not nervous. But his servant was like, oh, my God, what in the world is going on? And so he, he made this statement. It's over in 2 Kings chapter 6. He said, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then he said, oh, Lord, open his eyes so he may see. So in other words, saints of God, the man of God had a key. And the key he had allowed him to access God's authority, but God's power. And so what he saw supernaturally, his servant couldn't see in the natural. So he was not, he, the man of God, was not nervous. Because the man of God wasn't focused on what he saw in the natural. He was focused on what he was seeing in the spirit. So the man of God looked at his servant. He said, Lord, open his eyes. You know what he said? God, give him a key. Give him a key so he can have access to what I see. So if you finish reading the whole story, he looked around and said, my God. And what he saw was the angels of the Lord behind all of the enemy angels. That's why he said, what I see, they are much greater than what I... Okay, let me see if I can help somebody out. Let me see if I can give you a natural example of a spiritual reality. Listen, listen, listen. Sometimes we focus so much on our circumstances that we may not see what we have access to. See, we might look at our bank account, and it's not where we think it should be, and we base our whole our whole persona, our whole outlook, our whole mindset is based on don't have. And if you focus on what you don't have, it is hard for for you to see what you can have. The enemy always wants you to focus on what you don't have. Okay, so in the book of Genesis, God said you can eat from every tree. Every tree here you can eat from. It is, it is all yours. Every tree in the garden you can eat from except one. There is only one tree. You can eat from all the other trees except one tree. is the tree of knowledge that's filled with good and evil. What did the devil do? 
He came to tell them, but you don't have access to that tree. The enemy will always show you what you don't have. But they had access to every tree. I hope, is this sinking in at all? So in my life, I got so bogged down and, and, and say, man, I don't have this God and I need that God. And well, I know that bill is coming and oh God, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. And, and God, we might have to move. And, 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 and God is saying, uh, why are you in turmoil? You focus on everything you don't have and you don't even see what you got. Oh, by the way, you don't build on don't haves, by the way. You build on what you got. Now take what you got and build on it. If, if all you got is $20 in the bank, build on it. If all you got is $200 in the bank, build on it. Or whatever your account is, build on it. You say, well, I can't build on it. I got too many bills. I know it. Do you think God don't know what you got? You think, okay, let me ask this question, and I'm, and I'm done. Do you think anything catches God, God by surprise? No. <laughs> you think God said, oh, my God, they have bills. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, he can't say that because he is God. He said, oh, myself. <laughs> they have bills. You, you think that's, nothing takes God off guard, saints. But listen, notice now, God sees the beginning and the end. He sees everything in between all at one time. He not only sees when things are hard, he also sees ahead in your life when things are good again. So God doesn't respond to your need. He responds to timing. See, Sometimes the timing is not right. And it's hard to wait on God's timing because to us it seems like a long time, right? But, and I say God's timing, which actually is a misnomer because God is not subject to time, right? And I hope you understand that. He's not subject to time. He created time. But I use time because we understand that. So when you say God is always on time, no. He's God. He doesn't have a clock. When it's right, it's yours. We say it's on time. God is saying, there you go. Right? And so, so it, did I, I didn't lose anybody, did I? Okay? Because now, maybe when you pray for it, yes, God gave you the key. Yes, you have authority for it. Yes, you have access to it. But it may not be the proper time. Saints? Now, listen, I don't know why it's not the right time. Every time I pray for something and God said, mm-mm, and I'm like, Wait, why you, what do you mean, uh-uh? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, no, it ain't the right time. Yes, it is, God. You don't realize. I just got the bill. It's time. Matter of fact, it's 10 days late, so it's past time. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just like to deal in truth and transparency. So when you're going through stuff, saints, I know. So I am not up here trying to tell you I have mastered this thing. Right? And I'm saying, no, no, Lord, this, this is it. I got, I got to have this right now. You don't understand. But he was trying to give me some wisdom because I didn't understand. I can call people and tell them to delay stuff. I didn't know that. I just said, let me, no, I want to teach you something. And man, shoot, boy, I'm in a lane of masters. You know, come on. You might have some months that kind of that are kind of close. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got some months that get close. You got some months that it's good, right, and you're happy. But you got some months that get real close. Who am I talking to in here? I'm talking. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? You got some months that are really close, and you know, boy, if anything outside of this, ooh, we gonna be in trouble. <laughs> and so, and so, it's in those months when I get a little nervous. And I'm like, okay, baby, we got to, we ain't, we ain't be going out to lunch this week. <laughs> right? Because I want to make sure I got that little cushion. Yeah. Yeah. Am, am I talking to the right people? Yeah. Right? And, and so, so you, you just praying, Lord, please don't let something happen. And man, then, then, then your car break down. Yep. 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 
the washer stopped working. Wife go in, turn on the oven. <laughs> well, baby, that little cushion. <laughs> I'm like, mm, Lord, come on, man. And so, but guess what? He's teaching you to build your faith. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's not that God doesn't love us. He loves us <laughs> unconditionally. But just because he loves us doesn't exempt us from going through things. Is this all right, saints of God? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to stop right there. And uh, so, listen, th- this is a very pragmatic message, and I want it to be. Because the supernatural is open to us. But you don't have to be spooky with God. I ain't looking for those spooky people. I don't like spooky. I don't like spooky prophets. You can't talk to them and they jumping and jerking. And you don't need all of that. Listen, can we, just, can we just understand who God really is? Because actually speaking in tongues is for what you do at private anyway. You know? We, we do a little bit of it here because we're spirit-filled church, but we're going to do things decently and in order. Amen. But let me tell you something. The real power is what you do in private, not what you do publicly. Amen. You know, I don't want to care how loud you can get speaking in tongues. That don't mean you got any power just because you're loud. <laughs> Hello? So if we can really get taught some good stuff, I can teach you how to access some things in your life. Man. You will be the most anointed and most powerful person. And people will come to you and say, what in the world are you doing? And you say, oh, are you saved? No, I'm not saved. Well, what I'm doing, you got to be saved to get it. But I can lead you. John 3, 3. Except you be born again, you can't see this stuff that I got. I can lead you to the Lord right now. It's real easy. Don't even worry about it. I got you. Let's go. Let's pray. Bring them into the kingdom. And then you start teaching them these same principles. God has given you access to stuff in your life. He wants to bless you. Don't worry about it. You're going to be all right. Give them encouragement. Disciple people. Amen? Is this all right? Amen. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.